you know, you have to figure out what makes you different and special and really lean into that in either your business or on your Instagram account. Hello, hello. This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and I interview veterinarians, trainers, products, some really awesome fellow pet parents about how you can get the most out of life with a dog. This week on the podcast is all about petpreneurship. So that's like entrepreneurship within the pet industry or being a pup fluencer. So a influencer for your dog or in related to your dog. Basically, if you're someone who wants to start like a dog business, you know, dog walking, making pet products, or if you just want to grow your dog's Instagram, then this week is for you. I have a couple Instagram lives set up with some fellow petpreneurs this week. So uh, previous guests, the Iggy Parents. So that's another fellow podcast. They're also behind the Instagram Iggy Adelaide, and they've seen some amazing growth on both their podcast and their Instagram this past year. So we're going to do a live with them, and they're going to sh- share with us some of their tips and tricks. And then also, I'm doing a live with Kayla from Docs Designs to talk more about the importance of branding in a business. So the Iggy Parents is on Thursday, June 10th, and then Kayla will be on Monday the 14th. So I'll post the times and everything on my Instagram story so you guys can check in. But if you're not able to tune in at those times, don't even worry about it. All of the Instagram lives will be saved as IGTVs, so you can go and watch them whenever you want. But first things first, today's episode. So on this episode, I sit down with the amazing Tori Mystic. So Tori is an influencer, educator, podcaster, and founder of the award-winning dog mom lifestyle brand, Wear Wag Repeat. Her mission is to help women live their best life with dogs as pet parents and petpreneurs. And her dog mom advice has been featured in BuzzFeed, Good Morning America, and the Wall Street Journal. So I was very happy to have her on the podcast. And personally, I rarely will take advice from someone on Instagram or on the internet unless I know a little bit about them as well. So that's why I wanted to interview Tori. She has so many great online resources. Wearwag Repeat is a multimedia brand for obsessed dog moms, and it has a ton of petpreneur resources. But I really wanted all of you to get to know her as a dog mom as well. So the first half of the episode, we get to know Tori and her dogs, Bert and Lucy. And then the second half, Tori tells us a little bit more about her business, Wearwag Repeat, and gives us advice on petpreneurship. Just a quick heads up, this episode, I I had some settings incorrect on my um when we recorded, which is completely my fault. Tori, of course, was perfect, but I kind of messed up. So if if there's a few moments that are like a little echoey, just ignore it. I think overall the sound quality is pretty good. Of course we had our dogs walking around in the background making noise, but I think overall sound quality is really great. I just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up about that. Anyway, let's get into it with Tori. Tori, welcome to the With a Dog podcast. Thank you, Carly. I'm so excited to be here. Well, your podcast is amazing. I love listening to it. You are definitely a 
mentor inspiration in the pet fluencer world. So I'm just so excited to have you on. Thank Thank you for even saying that. Thank you. (laughs) Of course. Well, just to kick it off, if people don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your wear wag repeat business? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Tori and I have two chocolate labs named Bert and Lucy. And the three of us together currently make up Wear, Wag, Repeat. So this is a blog that I started as a hobby about eight years ago. And at the time, it was a fashion blog that included my dogs. And so that is why it is called Wear, Wag, Repeat. Uh, and since then, and especially in the last couple of years, it's, there's really no fashion anymore. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just all dog stuff. Um, but I'm very, very happy with, with how it's, how that's working out. Um, it's working out great for us. So in addition to the blog, I also have a little online shop with some dog mom gifts and goodies. I have a podcast. I have online courses and I have a membership program for women in the pet industry. So I'm doing all kinds of things, but it's all about pets and the women who love them. Yeah. Well, I know a few people who are in your online courses and your society, and they have nothing but good things to say. So I'm very impressed by that. It's all all good vibes. And like, I just, you know, I love what I do and I want more people to be able to do it. So I like telling people about how to do it. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. I, I really like that. That was something that Izzy and I really wanted to come into the industry, the mindset of collaborate, not compete. And I love that you're showing people, hey, I have this expertise in this area. Let me show you rather than being like safeguarding and be like, no, only I can succeed. So I think that's very, very impressive. Yeah, thank you. Well, I know that, um, you know, there's so many people who I work with in the pet industry who who are experts in pet health and, and dog training and all this kind of stuff, but they don't know anything about social media marketing. Um, and so that's kind of, that's how I can kind of help them. And I, it's, there's, it's not, you know, competition really, because there's, first of all, millions of dogs and dog parents <laughs> mm-hmm. that we can all be working with. Um, but not to mention, we all have like our own little special niche that we're in. So it's all good. We, I do want to talk more about where wag repeat and how it got started, but I want to scroll it back first and talk about dog mom life with you. So you have Bert and Lucy, is that right? Yeah, those are my two dogs right now. They're both chocolate labs. Okay, how old are they? They're both around nine years old. Bert's Bert's a rescue, um, so we don't know for sure, but they're I say they're both nine. And Bert, how old did was he when you got him? He was six or seven. When okay. I got him. So I've, we've had Bert in our lives for about two and a half years now, mm-hmm. but like it feels like, it feels like we never didn't have him. You know, he's just kind yes. of part of our life now. Yeah. I, I know that exact feeling. Sometimes I think about that with Lupin and Albie too. I'm just like, Albie, he's always been here. He adds a bit of humor to our lives. <laughs> Lupin adds the drama and Lup- Albie adds the humor. <laughs> You need you need both sides. You need them to balance it out. Um, I had another dog earlier named Lola, um, and when she was nine years old, is when I got Lucy as a little eight week old puppy, little chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. 
So I had the two of them together for about four years. And then it was just me and Lucy for like a few years. And I like don't even remember. I'm like, what did we even do when it was just the two of us? (laughs) (laughs) I only, you know, I think I just, I like having two dogs. So yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that feeling. Um, It's easier and harder in some ways having two. So Chocolate Labs, is that, is that like your breed? Is that the one that you always gravitate to? Yeah, I um I was just thinking about it today actually that I've been the guardian of five chocolate labs in my life and it's the it's actually the only dog breed I've ever had. Well, as you know, I am a hound mom, hound lover. I don't know if I'll get another breed in my life. I I may, who knows. But I know that feeling where you just you just love something about the breed and you just stick with it. So why Chocolate Labs. Well, so my aunt is actually the the person in our family who first got Chocolate Labs. And um, when I was like 14, we got one of her puppies. And that kind of ignited my passion for this. But I just, I love them. Um, And I think that I like to do the same things that Chocolate Labs like to do. And so, you know, (laughs) eat. Eating. (laughs) We like, um, you know, tearing into a place and being like, I'm here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like they also love like hiking and swimming and going on adventures and they're up for anything. Like they love going absolutely anywhere that we're going to go, whether it's to the beach or honestly to the vet. Like they're happy to just go anywhere and do anything. And so I, so I love that. They're, they're always up for adventure and, and they're kind of my um, trusty companions for whatever weird thing I want to get into, uh, or where, whatever trip I want to go on. They're, they're always up for it. And, um, even though they're, they're big dogs, like we go tons of places and, and they're just so friendly and people come up to us to pet them and say hi to them. And I, I just love it. You know, I, I think that, you know, in the past couple of years, there's been a couple other breeds that I'll, you know, see and they get me really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I just, you know, I always come back to chocolate labs, like a- another breed that I am really, really into is Boykin Spaniels. I don't know what that is. It basically yeah. is a small chocolate lab with like a wig on is what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so, they're so awesome. And they're similar. They, they're um, kind of like duck hunting dogs is what a lot okay. of people do with them. And people do that with labs too. So they have a lot in common, but they have this like gorgeous wavy ears Um but then I so I joined all these Boykin Spaniel Facebook groups just to look at them and people are saying, you know, it's hard to groom their ears, they get lots of knots. And so I'm like, oh yeah. good to know. I'll stick with my chocolate labs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's such a good I feel like you've really pulled out all the good things about their breed and said this is what I like about them and their personality and how they fit into your life. There was this Okay, have you seen the show The Crown on Netflix? Yes. Okay, so there was this one scene and it was, I think it was in season one, maybe, maybe two, I don't know, Um, when the queen was like asking her uncle, like, well, why do you like pugs? You know, like they're not basically pointing out like, oh, the pugs aren't cool, you know, but corgis, they're smart, they're this, you know, they're, they're driven. And so that just made me think like what you were saying about the chocolate labs is like, 
They're active. They're down for anything. They're happy. They like food. They're just, they're good. And then it also made me think like, oh, what are, what are my ha- hounds proving, you know, to be stubborn and lazy? I'm like, yeah, we fit together really well. <laughs> well, I didn't mention any of the bad parts, but um, yeah, they also will find food anywhere that we go, which is kind of not the best thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and they shed, I mean, my house, I have like tumbleweeds of dog hair everywhere. Um, so there are definitely downsides as well, but we don't yeah. think about those. We don't need to talk about those. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So you mentioned that they're both pretty active, and I think you've gotten into dog sports recently with Bert. Is that right? Yeah. With, well, kind of with both of them, like just in the last couple of years, I got into more into training. Um, I I got Lucy certified as a therapy dog. Um, That's right. Okay. Which which had been a goal for mine for of mine, like even with my previous dog, that I just never did. So I was so happy to accomplish that with her. And it just got me excited about training and got me curious about like what other things could we do. And so Lucy, we've gone on to get her novice trick dog certification, um, which is cool. You know, I don't know. We're, I think we might try and get the intermediate one. There's a list of like very specific tricks you have to do. So, um, we're working on that with her and, um, and she loves dock diving, like for fun. We don't really do competitions for it, but we just do it for fun. Okay. Um, and then with Bert, I'm like, what's Bert's hobby going to be? Because Lucy's got all these hobbies, <laughs> <laughs> after school activities. And um, I'm like, what's Bert going to do? So he really is, he, his nose, you know, f- speaking to like a hound mom here, yeah. his nose is just beyond. And um, he finds things and loves to sniff and just he's just he'll stick his nose down in a hole and just like sniff and like (laughs) he's just amazing and he can find things anywhere and a lot of times when we're hiking he'll disappear and then i'll come back with like an entire deer leg i'm like oh (laughs) Um, (laughs) so like just the bones not like nothing gory but yeah um he just finds things and so uh, so I read about this sport called barn hunt and I'm like, this, I think could be Bert's event. Like this could be his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm excited to get into it, but I'll tell you, we've, we've already run into kind of a, a hiccup. Um, I signed him up for a trial, which is like a competition in mm-hmm. it's in like three weeks and <laughs> it's at a, a venue that's an, about an hour away from me because they're all like in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was hoping before the competition we could go to a few classes. But then I found out the, the venue who's hosting it, they canceled all their classes. Oh. So um, we're just going to have to go and wing it, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll have to stay tuned to see how that turns out. Um, okay, that that makes me so happy that you're saying that, though, because that's exactly what I would do. I'd be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then I would do absolutely no preparation and I would just wing it. So, <laughs> But wanted to prepare. <laughs> yeah, I just am not going to. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think in the dog sport world, to me, it seems like some people can get really, really into it especially if they have a dog breed who is 
exceptional at that specific sport and you can you can get obsessive about like the times and the the athleticism and all of that and and so it makes me happy that you're like we're just going to go and see how it see how it goes because that's that I think is the best way to enter into dog sports like don't worry about all the extra things but just let's go and see and have some fun yeah well, you know, the whole reason why I signed up, signed him up for this is because I think that he will have a natural instinct for it. Um, so while it would be really great <laughs> to go to a class beforehand, <laughs> um, I, I do think that he will have kind of a natural ability at this. And so um, with a lot of dog sports, there are a lot of rules to the competition, like for the person, really. Um, so I'm just going to familiarize myself as much as I can with the rules um, because there's certain things like you can't wear a watch in the ring because they don't want you to time yourself. Um, oh. You have to take your dog's collar off. The, the handler can't touch the hay bales, things like that, that are, that like are things I have to know and then just let Bert do his thing. So, so we'll see. Stay tuned yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. You know what? Okay. I'm just going to say I'm calling it right now for everyone listening Dog sports are the new thing for the dog. Yeah. Like that is, it is the new trending. I mean, all the people who do dog sports already are probably like duck. Cringing. They're like, keep these this. people away from yes. us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we've been doing this for years and you're just now catching on. But honestly, I think it's the new, it's the new thing to do like with your dog. You know, however many years ago it was more about the like outfits and the cute bandanas, which not that that's not a thing right now, but I feel like right now, dog sports is the trending. I 100% agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. And I hope that this is true because it's just like a way for you to create such a deep bond with your dog. Like even when I started doing trick training with Lucy, I just felt like we had such such a better connection and like a new thing we can do together and, Mm -hmm. um, and something fun to do on the weekends. That's not going to bars because I'm just not very interested in doing that anymore. Um, and so I'd rather go take Bert to go look for rats at a barn hunt on the weekend instead. Um, which is just, it's a weird direction my life has taken, but, but it's really fun. And I would encourage other people to try it too. I'm loving that. Just like, oh, you meet someone new. What do you do for fun? Oh, I hunt rats with my dog on the weekend. (laughs) It's great. Anyway, so, okay, so that's your dog sports, chocolate labs. I want to know, I want to talk a little bit more about Bert because he is epileptic. Epileptic. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So did you adopt him and know that he was or how did you go down that road? Yeah. So, um, so, so when I found Bert on Petfinder, I was not in the market for a second dog. I was just looking at Petfinder. And because periodically I would look and see if there was chocolate labs and I would share them on my social media because I got a lot of chocolate lab people. And I'm like, maybe someone else could adopt them. But I was on there one day in late August, two and a half years ago. And and his profile came up. And I, I don't think I had ever seen it before or just never – caught my eye, wasn't the right moment or whatever. Like that day, like the stars were just aligned that I saw his profile and he just had one blurry photo and a very, very short description that just said, um, 
you know, adult or senior dog, you know, over six or seven is like sometimes over five is considered senior in, in shelters. Um, so it's like senior chocolate lab, um, special needs, not good with kids. And <laughs> it's not the most enticing profile, but, no. but for some reason I was like, who is this mystical creature? And I need to know more about him. And I, I called the shelter and learned more about him. And so I was like, what, what is the special needs? You know, what is it? And they said, well, he has seizures, um, but he's on meds. And I was like, well, like how often? And like, like, well, let me see if there's someone around who like knows more about it. You know, so I played kind of phone tag with them for a couple of days to figure out his situation. And it turns out he was on, um, he'd been in the shelter for over a year. I learned um, when I asked if I could like come out to meet him, you know, did I need to give anyone the heads up or whatever? They said, yeah, you can just come whenever, like, he doesn't get a lot of visitors. Oh. It was like, I was like, I'm coming right now. Yes. And, and so I went. Well, and he's I, getting one today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I went to meet him and they brought him into the, like, the visitation room. And it was just like this small little room with a chair in it. And they bring him in and he is like bouncing off the walls, jumping up on, there's like a half door in there. So he's like jumping up on the door. I mean, he was like wild man, but like, I've always had chocolate labs and I just knew this dog would be chill if he could come live with me and could get like enough exercise and like the the right food and love and care and a little bit of, um, structure. And I just, I just knew he would be great. Um, and so despite (laughs) his terrible bio, (laughs) um, (laughs) I adopted this dog and so he so when they gave him to me, like the day that, you know, I brought Lucy out to meet him and everything and they, they were kind of handing him over and processing the paperwork, they handed me three huge bottles of pills and they were like, he takes four of these, three of these, four of those. And I was like, wait, what? Like <laughs> I knew he was on medication, but I didn't know how much medication he was on. Yeah. So, so when I got him, he was on a combo of two different meds and it was a total of 11 pills a day. Oh and God. so it was, it was a lot. Um, but they, I guess had, um, started him out on a lower dose and he was still having breakthrough seizures. And so they actually were such a great shelter. They, um, had blood work done a second time and readjusted the meds to get it to a level where he wasn't having seizures. So when I got him, he'd been seizure free for like a month. Um, and then, and then he was seizure free for two years with me. Wow. Um, and he, he had one, he's only ever had one seizure in the time that he's been with me. Um, and that happened in February this year. And it was just a fluke. It was so weird. It was a full moon. And a lot of people told me that, um, that is a thing that like oh. animals and people sometimes who are epileptic will have a seizure on a full moon. Um, and I'd also been working on reducing his meds, but we'd, we'd reduced them like months prior. So I don't think that that really triggered it. And he hasn't had one since then. So it was just kind of a weird, a weird fluke. Um, but yeah, he's doing he's great now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, the reason I asked about uh, Bert's, you know, needs is because Lupin is also on a daily medication. And I wanted to just hear your experience managing his daily meds, you know, just monitoring his health, all of that. How has that 
been? Do you feel like it's been like ridiculously hard or is it something that's pretty easy to manage or? It's, um, I would say it's been pretty easy to manage, to be honest. Um, with, ep- with epilepsy meds, um, they need to be administered exactly 12 hours apart. So you can't okay. do like 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Like it's not just twice a day. It has to be exactly 12 hours apart or as close to mm-hmm. it as you can. Um, yeah. and luckily he does not have a very severe case of epilepsy. Um, so if, you know, we are a half hour late one day. It's not, he doesn't have a seizure. He's fine. But I have heard that some dogs, if, if they're like 10 minutes late, they might have a seizure. Um, wow. so, you know, you, you do have to definitely be really aware of it and be very responsible about it. Um, but I actually, I wrote a blog post that his shelter ended up running in their newsletter one year. Um, because I said that, you know, his special needs and his, his need to have his medication every day has actually brought me closer to my neighbors, my friends, and my family. Because before, like when it was just me and Lucy, I could do everything I needed to do for her. Um, but with Bert, I need help sometimes. I can't always be home at those times. And so my neighbor across the street, I didn't even know her name <laughs> before I got Bert. And now she comes over and helps with his meds when I when I need help. Um, my dad comes over and, and loves helping with Bert when he needs to. So it's, he's actually, it's actually made me, it's made my life better <laughs> to have a special needs dog. That's awesome. No, I've, I will definitely include that blog post in the show notes in case anyone wants to read it because I think that as someone who also has to give their dog medication. So Lupin gets a, it's a once a day medication and it's just a tiny little pill. So it's, it's pretty easy. I just toss it in his bowl and he doesn't notice. He just inhales it all. And then I have to give him a subcutaneous injection every 25 days. And so I give him that myself at home, but there's just so much. Every time I've told people like, oh, he's on a daily medication, whether it's a dog sitter or something, there's a lot of fear around it, I think. And but you're right is like you you get to learn how to rely on different people and and kind of show them that it's all very manageable and so all of the medical emergencies that Lupin has had over the last few years when he first got diagnosed with Addison's disease i there's always the concern that he could go into Addisonian crisis if he's under too much stress so i'm always every medical emergency, I'm like, oh my God, he's in an Addisonian crisis. And that's what the vets think too at first. And then it's like, oh no, he actually ate something and it's stuck in his stomach or whatever, you know? (laughs) And so it's actually, it's just really interesting because I think there's like a lot of fear around, around, you know, lifelong health issues in dogs. But it's like once, once you get it to the point that you can manage it and you learn and you're, you know, careful, I think it really is something that's, that actually, to me, I haven't felt like it's been a negative impact on our life at all, on our lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that, it, well, we're lucky because our dogs will just hoover in whatever pills you put in their bowl. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it would be harder. I think sometimes the hardest part is if you have a dog that like won't take pills. Um, I, that, I think that can be really stressful for people. Um, yeah. But even like when he had his seizure in February, I wasn't like I didn't freak out. I wasn't, I didn't cry at all. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, this sounds weird, but it was almost kind of a relief to witness it one time because mm-hmm. it's, 
seizures, as long as they don't go on for too long, um, they're actually not really dangerous and they don't hurt the dog or anything like that. So it's not, it's not really anything to get too upset about. Like they're not suffering. Um, they're just having an, an episode for hopefully less than a minute or, or something like that. Um, yeah. And so I was actually kind of relieved to see it because I could see, oh, it's not that bad. It's nothing to be afraid of. You know, if it does happen, this is how you handle the situation. Um, and, and he actually had some like very bizarre behavior in the two weeks leading up to it that, um, I was like, like I noticed his weird, but he was compulsively eating snow so much so that one night he had, he ate so much snow so compulsively, like, it, like insane. Like he was like possessed to eat, eat all this snow. He came inside and like 15 minutes later threw up an entire intact snowball. Oh. So he <laughs> had made, he'd made his stomach so cold that like there was a snowball just sitting in there and he puked it up. And I, I'm like, Bert, like it was just so bizarre. But now I know like, um, if I ever see that like compulsive behavior, like he was trying to eat things that he wouldn't usually be into, you know? Um, and so now I know, like, if I see that, it could be a good clue that he might have a seizure coming up sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I think it actually, it almost makes me feel closer with Lupin because I am monitoring his behavior and his health, not in an obsessive way, but just in a way that it's just like, it's something I'm consistently aware of. And it just, I don't know, it makes me feel like I know him even better, if that makes any sense. I don't know. So. Oh, Bert. I've never that's that sounds like such a chocolate lab thing to do. Let me just eat a ton of snow and then <laughs> barf it I know. Up, barf up a snowball. Well, then he was like shivering. I I like warmed up a bone broth in the microwave for him so he could like warm up his body from the inside. <laughs> he is just he's just And now that's broth. such a dog mom thing to do. Like yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me warm up some bone broth. <laughs> okay, well, moving away from Bert and Lucy, let's talk more about where rag wag repeat so you started it as you said it was like a fashion plus dog blog how did it evolve into what it is today so i had i started my blog about eight years ago and probably i want to say four years ago is the first time i ever did like a sponsored blog post um, and, and started to view it as a business. Um, and, and kind of how that happened was, you know, I started it as a hobby and I was going to do all these fashion posts, but then the fashion blogging world is very difficult to get into and to make friends with and, and stuff like that. It's just, it was very saturated. And as much as I love fashion, I kind of found that like, fashion and style. Like I love getting dressed and putting together a cool outfit, but to be a successful fashion blogger, you got to be a big shopper. You got to like wear mm. things that are currently available in stores now so that then you can send people affiliate links to go buy the things. Yes. And that's just, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> and so then kind of it's, as I was realizing that all these dog bloggers Back in the day, all these OG dog bloggers started coming and commenting on my blog, and I started to discover the world of pet bloggers, um, which was very small then and is still small now. Um, even though there's all these pet influencers, there's really not that many pet bloggers even still now. 
Um, so it's, it's just a really cool little niche where you can kind of know everyone and everyone's very supportive of each other. And, um, and it was just a great place to be. And I loved it. And so I've, I've been doing social media consulting and management for years. I, I did that for about 12 years and I started this blog, like in the midst of that. Um, and so as I was like growing all my clients, social media, I was like, Oh, I, I should put some effort into growing my own. Um, I have this blog that nobody knows about. And I started just growing my Instagram. Um, and then I signed up for an online course that was about how to turn your blog into a business. And, um, that's how I ended up meeting a web designer who created my, um, my website and my logo. And I started to like really take it seriously as a business. And that was about four years ago. And I started doing sponsored posts on my blog and on Instagram. And then I started the podcast and my online shop. And then in 2020, actually, um, my online courses like really kind of took off. I'd had an online course mm-hmm for a couple years about how to grow your pet's Instagram. Um, but last year I started doing courses that were really targeted towards petpreneurs about how to use social media, like Pinterest, how to start an on-demand online store, all these other things to kind of help people who were struggling last year to figure out internet marketing and how to make some money somehow online. Um, and, and so that's how, that's how I got here. Amazing. That's such a great story of turning your hobby into a business, putting in a little bit of elbow grease, achieving over that learning curve, and then now spreading your education to other people. So you've come basically full circle with your story, it sounds like. So what advice do you have for other people who are looking to start in the pet industry, being a pupfluencer, petpreneur? I love that phrase or that word. I I hadn't I feel like did you coin that phrase or did you coin that word? No, but like every time I say it, people tell me they've never heard it before. So maybe I did coin it. (laughs) I think so. We're going to go with it. Just (laughs) let's go with that. And so what advice do you have even for people who are just looking to start an Instagram for their dog for fun? Like what advice do you have? So I, what I've learned in, you know, on my podcast, I've interviewed almost 170 women in the pet industry and all over the place, like including yourself. Um, so, so what, what, we, what I've learned from that is that there's just so many different little pockets and you have to figure out what you like to do, what your little special zone of genius is. So, you know, maybe you like hosting a podcast. Maybe you're a good photographer. Maybe, um, you know, you have, maybe you know how to sew. So there's like lots of people who are making bandanas. Um, there's so many different things that you can do. So like, I'm not a vet, I'm not a dog trainer, but I have a very successful pet industry business helping people do what I know how to do, you know, which is social media. So I think that, you know, being in the pet industry doesn't mean that you have to be a vet or a groomer or a dog trainer. There's like so many different things you can do. You could invent a product, you know, you could, you know, help people plan a dog friendly vacation. <laughs> you can be like a dog travel agent. I mean, there's, there's so many cool things that you could do. So you just have to kind of like figure out 
what it is that you like. Um, and, and that applies to if you want to be a pupfluencer as well. Um, you know, you have to figure out what makes you different and special and really lean into that in either your business or on your Instagram account. You have to kind of, you know, if you're really interested in like mental health, um, and your dog really helps you, you're like your own personal therapy dog, that would be a really cool little niche to talk about on your Instagram account. Or if you love art and murals, you know, there's a lot of Instagram accounts that are photos of dogs in front of murals and artwork. So it's just like, find what you like and what your dog likes and figure out how to combine that <laughs> and turn it into a business or a hobby. Um, so you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And, and then also, you know, I see, I see a lot of people just like, oh, that already exists. Or I wanted to do that, but someone stole my idea or something like that. And you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do it anyhow. Do what you want to do. Because, you know, even if you feel like they stole your idea, you might do it differently. You might do it better. But you'll do it like in your own way. If, if you feel like someone stole your idea, they might have done it one time, whereas you might have the dedication to keep doing it for years. Um, and, and, you know, maybe eight years, like me with my blog, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a lot of blogs that were around when I started that don't exist now. Um, so, so don't, don't be worried about the competition and what other people are doing. Just do what you want to do. Yeah. I love that. It's just really find your niche. And there's this, um, there's this influencer that I love to follow. Her name is Tinks and she, has this saying, it says, comparison is the thief of joy. And I have to think about that all the time because it would be very easy to compare myself to, you know, other dog podcasts or, or say, I'm not a trainer or I'm not a vet. And, but you do, you have to take a step back and be like, that's fine. I am this or, you know, I have this angle in my business or in my Instagram or whatever. And I think that's really, really great advice. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons I, we started this podcast was, or that's one of our kind of angles is that we're not vets. We're not trainers. We're regular dog moms asking the questions that other dog moms may have. And that's kind of our shtick. And we also do want to talk about life with a dog, which is why we also, you know, talk about TV shows we're watching and music and things like that because it's, you know, it's it's all about life in general, not just, you know, to focus. So I really, really I think that's great advice. I think I would also tack on there. It sounds like you, I mean, you started, as you said, eight years ago to get to this point. And I really do feel like I wish I started the podcast when I wanted to. I wasn't quite where I, I like, could have put in a bunch of time to it. So, you know, I it makes sense that I did wait until this past year to start. But I do think the long game, as you said, you know, maybe you're the one who sticks with it for longer and then it does create success in the long term. And that's really awesome. Yeah. And I, I think that um, I've been talking to other people about this recently is just um, don't be fooled by viral culture. And, and, and it ties into that comparison thing too. Like, I know that I see all these TikTok videos of people that are like, my video went viral. And they just show a video of like their um, mailer printer label, label printer thingy. And they're like, I got 500 orders overnight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, 
I had one, I'm not bragging because I had one TikTok video that has over a million views on it now. Just one. All the others have like 200. But (laughs) I had this one with over a million. And you know what it did for me? Literally squat. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I got, I mean, I got a lot of followers. Probably all my followers on TikTok are from that one video. Um, But they didn't order anything. They didn't sign up. I didn't get like a sign up on my email list, surge or anything, really. It really didn't do anything for me. So <laughs> it's fun and exciting and it's cool to say like 1 million views. But um, it, it is all about like the long haul and sticking with it because you can't, re- you can't hope for like one video to go crazy and that's going to be your business. You have to really stick with it for a long time. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I completely agree. I think that's such great advice, you know. And I think it just as I'm trying to grow the podcast, it is it's fun just to connect with the people who are there. The people who are t- tuning in every week. It's I absolutely love just connecting with those people as p- much as as you said viral would be great. It they're not they're not the followers that are going to be there through everything and going to be messaging like I loved that interview. Thank you so much, you know, week in and week out. So yeah, I really I like that advice. Um, okay, well, if anyone wants to connect with you, sign up for your online courses, read your blog, where can they find you? You can find everything that I do at wearwagrepeat.com and it's W E A R, remember, fashion blogger, retired fashion blogger here. <laughs> so, <laughs> wearwagrepeat.com and there you'll find my blog, the podcast, the courses, the shop, and lots and lots and lots of photos of Bert and Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's what we're all going for anyway. We'll, we'll start there. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Tori. This has been a great interview. I feel like I've been following you for so long, and so it was nice to connect one-on-one. Thank you, Carly. And I'm glad that we were able to do like an interview swap too. So um, everyone will have to look for your interview over on my podcast because – it was it was really fun to kind of swap seats here. Yes. Yeah. I think that'll be coming out in a couple months, right? We got a little bit of time. Okay, yes. Perfect. So build the anticipation. Yes. Start the countdown now, everyone, for my chaotic interview on the other side, <laughs> on the other side of the interview. But <laughs> thank you again, Tori. And uh, for everyone to find us, it's at With the Dog Podcast on Instagram, TikTok. If you want to go to our website, it's withthedogpodcast.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. All content on With the Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.